Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's leadership series. Uh, I am Claudia Chan, the founder and creator of She Summit and, excuse me, the whole life leadership method. Uh, we are all about uh, supporting leaders and organizations to really rise as a new generation of leaders, uh, to empower them to enable their impact to show up as inclusive leaders, their inclusionary behavior, and thrive on a whole life well-being basis, and to really support organizations to create cultures for whole life success. So today, our topic is going to be about supply chain diversity. And you know, for those of you in corporations, I'm sure you've heard of supply chain or your vendors, your procurement. Um, it is definitely a corporate business term and not the sexiest because it's, you know, it, it, I feel like you've got to be sort of an insider in organizations to really know uh, and understand supply value chain. But, you know, as you know, my work has been in, you know, how do we accelerate diversity, equity, impact in the workplace, in the world, which is really, again, bettering humanity, right? Closing, closing gaps um, in business. And you know this conversation to, to do this work. So much of DNI for for years now has been about change in the in the workplace culture. But really, there's a huge opportunity that businesses and leaders can actually close close gaps of the disadvantage of underserved, underrepresented people through who they hire. Their vendors, um, who they who they bring in to build and create their products and services, right? To serve, uh, you know, the, the products and services that they sell. So, to me, this has been very much of an invisible conversation in the DNI diversity and inclusion conversation. Uh, usually, when we talk about again diversity and inclusion, we're, we're thinking, oh, is this this is about your employees? This is about you know, retention and hiring practices and advancement practices and unconscious biases in the workplace, uh, or we're, we're hearing about it, you know, on a societal society at large basis, right? We look at, uh, you know, just all the things that are going on in our, in our world today, what stop Asian hate to Black Lives Matter to, you know, all the cultural movements that we're living in. So when we think diversity, equity, inclusion, we think about it in the context of workplace culture, and business, and we think about it in the context of societal issues at large. But the invisible conversation, I believe, is really, you know, is the opportunity to lift those who are underserved, underrepresented, disadvantaged through your supply chain. And the corporate supply chain is is really an area of massive innovation, massive opportunity. And, you know, I have been an entrepreneur for 20 years, a woman minority owned business for 20 years. And this, this topic is really near and dear to me. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to my incredible guest today. Uh, her name is Jean Christensen, and she is the CEO of JKA Enterprises. Uh, so she's been doing this work for decades. She is an advocate, innovator, and I will say futurist when it comes to 
diversity, equity, inclusion in the corporate and government supply chain. And and really, she's she's a brilliant at this work. She's been doing the work for so long. Uh, we actually met, and and um, as many of you know as well, I do coaching, and I coach high impact leaders and organizations. And um, Jean's one of my clients, and we've been collaborating and um, doing a lot of incredible work together for almost a year. So I'm so it, it's such an honor for you to join me today, Jean. Thanks for being here and sharing space. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here, Claudia. And you know, thanks for just creating the space because I I agree with you. I feel like this is a this conversation. Um, I, I don't see enough talk. I mean, you and I talk about it all all the time, obviously. But I I'm just I think you're right in that it's more of an invisible conversation, um, or it's unique if you are in the space. Like if you're in supplier diversity, then you know you understand the terms, you understand what this is potentially about, but you know, it's interesting because even when you and I met and I started talking about what I did in the, in the, in the yeah. group, people had no idea what supplier diversity was, what it meant to be a woman owned business, what it meant to be a minority owned business and what the potential opportunities look like. So thank you for creating the space. Definitely. And, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, like entrepreneurship, right? Like small business owners and being a, um, you know, a, a female business owner, right? Like there's so much conversation, there's so much uh, activity and mainstream platforms for entrepreneurs. And, you know, we, we hear a lot about, you know, just how much money, you know, venture capital goes to women owned businesses or, but, but the, but the piece, like when you think about small or large businesses, you know, there, there's almost two lens to it, right? Like, a, we need to empower and equip the women, minority, diversity, you know, diverse people owned businesses, right? And, and like in your company, your your organization equips and trains them uh, to be able to, you know, get certified as, you know, with the right credentials to get these huge corporate contracts, right? There's that side to it that you advocate for them. But then there's also the, the corporate government side, the large, massive organizations uh, so you're, you're supporting both sides. So tell us, give us the, the 101 on how to understand supply chain diversity. Sure, sure. So for anybody that this this is new to, I just want to like reframe and just talk a little bit about a couple of things. First, um, what is, you know, supplier diversity and, you know, women-owned business, minority-owned business, like where do these terms come from? And interestingly, um, you know, over the past three or four decades, a lot of the work that I started doing was in the government space. And it really stemmed from gov the government taking a look at the number of contracts that, contracts that were awarded to minority and women-owned businesses, even small businesses, veteran-owned businesses. And they found that, you know, across the board, um, there were huge disparities in the availability of small, you know, contractors, um, to the contracts that were actually awarded to them. So, you know, that, that was the birthplace of programs designed to kind of even the playing field, if you will. So that's where certification came in. So if you, you know, firms were encouraged to identify themselves as minority owned, as woman owned, so that the government and corporations could, um, I don't want to get credit is not the right word. It's more about making sure that they were identified as minority owned, as woman owned, as local. So there is a certification 
for that the companies get, small businesses get, so they that they can be identified mm-hmm. by government agencies and and corporations who are looking to increase their spending with diverse suppliers. So in the corporate world, this is this is referred to as supplier diversity programs, and almost every corporation. Um, Every, almost all global corporations have some type of a program, especially now with everything that's happening with, you know, the the um, advancement of, you know, corporate um, social responsibility um, in response also to all of the, um, you know, just all of the injustice that we're seeing every single day. There's been a lot of movement around increasing opportunities for minority and women-owned businesses. So that is where the term supplier diversity comes from. Um, you'll also, um, it's also referred to as in the, in the, on the federal level, set aside programs for minority and women-owned businesses. And all of this is really designed to, again, even the playing field, um, because in some regions, in some instances, Minorities and women-owned businesses um, and, and all diverse businesses have not had equal access mm. to opportunities. Yeah. Right. Equal access. And that's really equity, right? Does everybody have a fair chance? Like equality is the goal, like to get to that 50, to get that that, that evenness. Um, but it's the equity means, you know, does everybody have, are you even invited to the party as um or being asked to dance. That's the, I forget the name of the, um, Verna, Verna, uh, I can't remember her last name, who actually yeah. got the quote, um, equality versus equity. Yeah, like, and that's, and that's the thing that we need to change really across the board. So tell us about your personal story, because it's so powerful on how, you know, because I know so much of, of what this work is, is lifting families out of poverty and um, in 100%. many cases, right? And so tell us about your story. So my story begins with, let me just start, because when you talk about diversity and inclusion, I am literally the poster child for it. Um, My parents are both immigrants. So my mom is from Denmark. My dad is from Haiti. Um, They got married in the 60s before um, the civil rights movement. So, you know, needless to say, there was just so many obstacles for just them as human beings existing in the way that they wanted to exist. Um, and so my, my fast story is that my dad um, was a serial entrepreneur. And this happens a lot to, um, this is something that we see a lot in the immigrant community where um, people come from different countries with a level of skill, but when they come to the United States, in many times they really have to start over. Um, because their degrees or their credentials um, are not recognized in the United States, or there's you know different hurdles, and and some of those hurdles could be something as simple as language. So in my parents' case, that was that was very much their situation. So my dad was the typical, you know, he had literally three, four jobs um, just to make ends meet, and he started and failed at a number of businesses until he started the security guard company. And it was in, in the 80s under the Dinkins administration where he, we started hearing about um, corporate supplier diversity programs. We started learning a little bit more about certification. And the long and the short of it, without going into all of the details, but that particular, the certification, once we got certified, we were easily recognizable by federal, city, state, 
and private um, private entities, private companies that wanted to do business with diverse suppliers. And so when you think about, we started, my dad was the first employee, right, in our security company. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, it's like my mom was the bookkeeper and that's the story for so many small businesses. Yeah. So this really is, is, is close to my heart. But at the end of the day, what ended up happening, we went from, you know, us the, being the employees to have over 500 um, employees. And the, the beautiful story about that, it, it's, it just it wasn't just about us, because by gaining access to some of these really nice contracts, we had contracts with the federal government, we had contracts with large financial institutions, we were doing the Daily Show, like you name it, it gave our employees access to really great jobs, benefits, and other things that just weren't possible. And what it did for us as a family is it created endless possibilities. Um, If you think about, again, not English speaking immigrants coming to the United States, little things like college, healthcare, where you're going to live is a huge challenge. Um, So for us, it really created endless possibilities. And even today, I still see a lot of the employees that we had hired. And so so we ended up hiring a lot of people um, who were also underserved. Um, didn't always, uh, you know, have the opportunities. And I'm happy to say I see a lot of these people today in management jobs, or they went on to get jobs um, with the federal police or doing other things um, that I believe that we had a, a key role in helping them. So it's not, so it goes back to, you know, when I think about the power of supplier diversity programs, when I think about what having access to opportunity really does, um, it's a ripple effect. And for us, it was a way, um, again, I could not have imagined what our life would have been like without it. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. And I know also with, I mean, given the new, the new administration and given where, I mean, I guess at least the United States is, um, as a as a country right now, and the focus on how do we invest in Black communities, and again close those sort of wealth and and those wealth gaps, and provide jobs and all the people who have lost jobs, and it is it's it's such a it's such a critical solution that an area that needs innovation and acceleration, and that's why you know again. Our collaboration is so exciting um, in 2021 and just drawing, just educating people about this as much as possible. So speaking of education, there's almost two sides to it. It's like, you know, I'd love to take this time in today's session to really, you know, educate or inspire, you know, the, the private sector companies, right? I know you've done a ton of stuff with government, but because my community is very corporate America and global companies, I'd love to talk about. Um, what can some of the innovations, how, how does supply chain diversity, the relationship with it, your, the way corporations see it, how does that need to innovate and change, uh, you know, based on, based on your work? And then the second part that we'll get to sort of at the end is, is the message for, you know, the, the women, the minority, the, the diverse businesses, right? What are some practical tools we can give to them? So let's start with the big corporations. Um, there, I know, like, I know supply chain DNI has been around for so long and there's a way, almost like an old guard of the way it's been done. And you see a new way of what has to change for it to get better. So love for you to share more about that. 
you know, so the, as much as the opportunity, um, you know, one of my big clients was a, was a financial institution. And so, so you're hundred percent right. The supplier diversity programs have been around for over three decades, maybe even a little, little bit more than that. But it's my opinion that the way in which they're engaging with, you know, the community has not changed in over three decades. And when you when you start looking at the results and when you think of the possibilities, there's definitely a disconnect. So one of the things that I think is really important and, and like all things, I think we have to evolve, you know, as a as a as a community and as a group, really looking at how we're doing how we're doing things. So I think education is critical, you know, within a corporation and there's so many tools and resources available, but a successful supplier diversity program really starts at the top, similar to the work that you do in, in diversity and inclusion. And, and, and the training doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It has to, it has to be part of the corporate DNA, if you will. The commitment really needs to start with leadership and it needs to be woven into the corporate structure, the corporate policy. Um, so, because otherwise it's not effective. And I so what we do see a lot of is that there are supplier diversity departments that are trying to increase spending with diverse groups, but they kind of operate in sort of a vacuum. And so again, I, I think education and training is necessary and, it's, and it can't operate separately from the corporate culture similar to the work that you do, it has to be, it has to be part of the corporate culture. Especially like when you're talking about, like if you, if you want to have a diverse, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion as part of your um, company, you can't say, well, it's only going to apply to like the employees or it's only going to apply. It has to be totally integrated into the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and because I'll say talent and employees, you know, oh, how are we, or customers or, you know, like, or like recruitment, you know, like, all, you know, what, what are our values as an organization um, that pertains to, again, those, those buckets, it, it's, it's easier in the sense that it's right in front of you. It's literally the people you work with every single day. It's company working culture, but vendors or, or the suppliers or, you know, the value chain, you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're a massive retail company and you're making, you know, you're hiring factories in China, right. To, you know, the local, you know, you know, DNI consulting consultant women's conference over here. Um, you know, how are you treating your? How do we also treat our vendors? How do we treat our partners? How are we, you know, are we creating space where we respect them, where we can educate and empower them, where you know, and like that is that's what is not talked about. Well, even if you go to like if you go if you were to go to the Small Business Administration website where they track the trends in small business, like what does a small business typically look like? A small business is is really under 10 employees, like 90, 98% of them, you know? So so that's, that's an interesting statistic. And interestingly, what I find with some of the supplier diversity program, um, not supplier diversity programs, is that they're looking for companies that have global um, reach, or that they have, um, you know, national capabilities. And so, if we already know that, um, you know, the good majority of, of small businesses are local, um, and they, so they, so there's a disconnect, is what I'm saying. And I, and I also think, you know, when we think of how we treat each other, 
you know, when the word sometimes minority disadvantages, uh, disadvantage, you know, it creates, um, and, there, and I'm not just, there's so many um, disparity studies that support this, that there is a perception when you hear small business, when you hear woman owned, that this is a business that is less than, or this is a business that does not have um, the capabilities. And that's just not true. In fact, right here in Connecticut, I was talking to um, uh, I just learned actually that a product that I'm using, Green Vibrance, is is owned by uh, you know a minority-owned business right here in Shelton, by the way, okay. Um, okay. multi-million-dollar company. So you know it's about I go back to education, I go back to training and mindset. You know we have to stop um, making assumptions about what people can and cannot do. And even small companies like ours, like you're, you're, you're my companies are just, you know, we have, I think, global potential, right? But I'm, I'm not today, I do not have a position in Europe, let's say. Is it something that I could do? Is it something that I, I have the capacity for? You know, those, those are the, because I think the way that we're doing business, the pandemic really shined a light on that here today, like I'm doing business in Florida, I'm doing business in, in Massachusetts, I'm doing business in Connecticut, I'm in New York, but I'm sitting, you know, right behind my computer. So just that realization that, you know, we can, we can serve in a different way, I think is so important. I want to, you know, I, I know you used the word vacuum, and you talked about education. And in our in our work together, you know, you've talked like, I know, JKA Associates, which is your consulting uh, company, uh, they're pillars to your methodology, your framework of of how you are innovating this sector and and this this the, the all the supplier diversity work and education for both sides. You know, like we need to do a better job educating and empowering. You know, the entrepreneur, but also you know, um, like number one is simplifying the process of certification. Oh my gosh, you know, but to the to the big company, it is. You know, we need to we need to do a better job of empowering them, it seems. And then transparency as well. And you also have mentioned technology and well-being. So, I mean, I guess, you know, just to sort of make it a bit more practical for people, like if right now there's somebody listening and they work, they are in a position where they have to hire lots of vendors, like marketing is a great example or, or procurement, you know, or um, or somebody on the product side. So you know, what are, how do you bring some of those pillars or values to life? Are you like any examples of what we could be doing better? Yeah. So in terms of transparency, because I think you and I have uncovered this and I'm working with another close colleague of mine, brilliant woman. Um, she's got a, a you know, a, a very successful agency, but cannot figure out, okay, so if I want to do business with X, Y, and Z corporation, how, can, how, how do I, where do I even start? So in terms of transparency, I think there just needs to just be more information. Um, not everything mm. is for everyone. Um, so we have to be clear on you know, what it is that, that we want to accomplish. But I think it would be very helpful, especially if a corporation is saying, you know what, we want to increase our spending with diverse suppliers. Tell us what you're buying. Um, please tell us, put it on your website, put it on mm -hmm. your supplier diversity page, mm -hmm. make that process easy. Yeah. Um, I've actually mm -hmm. come across a situation where there are some corporations that will not make the information available about what they're, um, what, what it is that they're procuring. 
and even who to talk to. And I get it, you know, because it, it can be overwhelming. But I think just having a clear, well-defined, like, listen, we buy widgets. This is what we're looking for. This is our process is extremely helpful. Um, I also think mm. that the use of technology, um, because what I see is that people are overwhelmed, like with, all right, where do, how do I make that connection? And as you know, <laughs> I am very deeply involved right now in working to help solve that problem through mm. technology by making it really simple for you know, corporations to really say, okay, this is what we want and to use technology to almost marry those two things so that the corporations themselves, because I do think, I do see effort on their part, but it's overwhelming. You're getting hundreds and hundreds of emails. There's no system. So there is a way to um, make that connection through technology. Yeah. And um, that's something that, you know, I'm really yeah. excited to, um, with my partners, bring to the marketplace. Absolutely. So, yeah. And what I'm hearing is, again, it's it's closing the gap, right? And I know that that's a big part of about that you use that term often. It's closing the gap between, I mean, if you think about, you know, we've talked about just even like dating, right? And love and just, you know, meeting somebody, right? Like making that match. And um, for both, it, it is, it's such an arduous, complex, overwhelming process, you know, and, and I can even imagine too, like, you know, PepsiCo is a client of mine, um, my How We Rise course and training, uh, it, the whole life leadership program is, has been, has been um, uh, in partnership with their women of color and mid level managers and we've been doing amazing trainings there and they made this huge commitment to uh i think it was 400 million dollars to investing in black communities and i think it was you know in the workplace we're going to do this in our in 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 colleges and universities we're going to do this in you know our supply chain you know we're going to do we're going to do this but they talked about i believe you know, at a high level, the amount of money and a high level summary. And I'm not sure if they actually have like a much detailed, robust um, area on their website that really walks through, you know, this is what we're looking for. But I can imagine that a company when when George Floyd happens and they make a commitment like that, even the amount of time that it takes to even even roadmap that out as to, OK, you're going to spend one hundred million dollars on on suppliers, you know, like but like really like even taking the time to define what that even means with experts like us right and you know and and pulling in you know the think tank um who's been in this space and then when they do announce it or like when they, it is out there there is much more of that transparency there's more clarity there's more and then the technology of okay a, do a b and c this is how you do it um, that makes so much sense. I'll tell you, I really feel like, you know, the response and I am, I'm, I'm just so respectful of, you know, um, the organizations that want to do the right thing and they want to be present. In fact, we've been contacted by several organizations that said, we want to spend a billion dollars with a particular group, help us find those people. That is not an easy undertaking because a lot of the firms are not certified. So that's number one. So again, you know, this, this, and it, and the process is just not as simple as help us find, you know? So I think again, we go, that's what you call yeah. it. Right. It's the capacity. Like, how do you get, how do you get now the, 
the entrepreneurs and get like get them their businesses up to the point where they can take a contract or pitch for a contract like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, so it's really taking a look at, again, the three pillars, education, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, the other thing that a, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm currently involved in multi-billion dollar infrastructure projects mm -hmm. um, throughout the Northeast region. And what I see almost every single time mm -hmm. is these very strong partnerships between construction companies, technology. I mean, the pandemic created so many opportunities mm -hmm. um, for people and, and people did not think about, okay, how am I gonna do this? Like corporations thought, well, listen, I have supplies, but I need a logistics company to partner with, or I need a technology company to partner with. And, and in that space, new opportunities were created. So it goes back to what you and I are talking about that, you know, there, this can be a tremendous opportunity. And I applaud the companies that are saying, I want to spend, you know, more money with diverse suppliers. But often what, what ends up happening, it's like, like you just said, okay, it goes into this bucket, it goes into that bucket. And I would dare say that if we are, if we are empowering businesses to say, you know what, let's empower our local companies, let's empower the small businesses. And not again, we don't, there are businesses that are at a stage where they need education, they need grants. Um, and I saw a lot of that. But those very same businesses, and there are a number of businesses that would really benefit from being part of the corporate supply chain you know, and in a meaningful way, like having, having a government contract, I th can't remember, I think I saw the statistics on um, a WBENC web website that said when a company gets a corporate client, they literally double in size. It's almost like they grow a hundred percent. So there's no longer a need for grants and other things because that company is sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, and they, and they're creating more, um, they're having a greater impact by creating jobs in the community, um, you know, by spending money in their community, you know. Mm -hmm. So that is why I think that the work that we're doing, again, education, transparency, and then the technology piece, we really need to solve that problem. Because again, I applaud those companies, applaud those companies that are saying, I do a lot of work with companies that want mm -hmm. to um, increase their spending with diverse suppliers. And it's hard because you have to go to these different databases. If there's a way that we can say, make it easy for folks. Like and I think too that it's almost got to, it has to be back to normalizing or, or democratizing or making, making, you know, if you work at a corporation, making the supplier like, hey, what is our, what is our supply chain diversity mission and strategy? Like, do we even have one? Like, that it doesn't just get lost in this black hole of procurement and you know one sliver of a DNI you know team or uh, and that's and that's what I found too is that I mean unfortunately the the diversity and inclusion roles are so limited and or non-existent or volunteer based there's such limited resources resources against it so but that but that if hey if you work at a company just the way that you know oh, our company has really great you know parental leave programs right or oh, our company does like this great awesome stuff with health benefits or you know mental health well-being stuff but hey our company also really supports minority and women and diverse businesses and you know we do a lot to empower local communities by supporting local businesses or uh you know or, or, the, or that category of business and i think that that is something that is the next Hopefully this is going to be the next thing. We're going to make sure of it. Right? 
And um, yeah, it is just such an invisible opportunity and gap, as you said. And I also even just think, you know, like the, the last piece is, again, it's one thing just to make the match, but it's, it's, uh, it's the connections. Oh, okay. Like we filtered out like a million options. Now we're down to like, you know, 500 options of potential vendors for this contract. But then it's how do you actually educate and empower, as you said, almost like the way that a university or a school, you know, like goes to high schools and like, I don't know, the way that they even just invest in education of like, this is how we like the scholarships and the grants and like, let's equip you to, you know, to come to Harvard or something. It's yeah, there just has to be so much more there. Um, and, and for companies to be really intentional about creating uh, it's not just about like, you know, get the contract done and, you know, but like, hey, this is an area where you can educate and empower and lift these parts of society. So to close off, you know, we've got a few more minutes left. I want to share, you know, what can we how can we empower the the women minority business owned business with diverse, diverse business owner, uh, you know, with, again, getting certified? Like, what's your message for them right now or the tools for them? So, you know, my first recommendation to any small business is to 100% consider, you know, if you want to do business with local, so it could be local government and think of your library as a local government agency, you know, don't think that you have to start big, you know, the chamber of commerce, think, 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 the, think in that direction. And if you were looking for resources, there is the small business development agency, there is what's called a PTAC, which is your procurement technical assistance centers. Um, if in if you're in New York, um, there is um, you know the New York City Department of Small Business Services that has an abundance of resources. I refer everybody there. Um, I do a lot of work with them. Let me just say that, but I, I find that it is just a great resource for people just to get an understanding of what opportunities potentially look like. And then certification is free. Um, you know, certifi certification with the government is free. So again, it really starts with with the business owner looking at, well, do they do they want to um, consider doing business with the government? And I will say, the government buys everything. Um, you know, throughout this pandemic, they were buying everything from food. Uh, you know, certain things shut down, and other things, you know, opened up. So that is my best advice to people. And certainly um, there's a lot of information out there about opportunities for minority and women-owned businesses. Um, okay. the, you know, again, PTAC, that's Procurement Technical Assistance Centers, Small Business Development Centers, Women Business Development Centers, um, great resources. Yeah. And it's almost like you, you almost just need to, it's almost like doing your taxes, right? It's not this I mean, this is hysterical. Like Jean has been, has sent me resources, what, like two years ago? Like <laughs> I've heard this so many times and I literally still have not done it yet. And it's just, it, 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 I do not enjoy the administrative work. Uh, and I know it's something that you could delegate and, but it is, it, it is like, it, you know, if you're like me, <laughs> it's the administrative stuff that feels really overwhelming. And so you can outsource it. Um, there's a couple, you know, so anybody that's listening, I mean, certainly feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I forgot about you. Right. I was going to say to connect on LinkedIn. Yeah. Because I your website. Yeah. Um, so my website is Jean Christensen Associates, um, which we are, by the way, in the process of um, 
changing. So that'll, that'll be changing soon. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're interested in learning more about getting certified, learning more about opportunities, um, we regularly post information and the resources that I just shared, SBA, SBDC, um, the procurement technical assistance centers are great resources. And if you're looking for someone to help you with the certification, because someone like you, Claudia, needs to get certified <laughs> it's important yes. um because now um we're just seeing again such an uptick of corporations looking to do business with women-owned firms but they they may not recognize you as a woman-owned business um because you know so it's important yeah and it's important for everybody out there mm -hmm. if you're looking to really um distinguish yourself um for these supply diversity programs yeah. Yeah. And I'll just close too with a message to the corporate, you know, to the corporate side that if you are somebody who, you know, engages with third party vendors, and I know that there's the large, massive procurement contracts, but even just, you know, you take, you know, like my company where, you know, we've been, it's our 10 years of doing the She Summit annual conference. And, you know, we get lots of sponsorships or group corporate, you know, purchases and uh, to drive DNI for women and allyship and, and, and organizations. But even in just, even in just, uh, you know, all the engagement that we have as a vendor and a supplier is just really to, you know, to share the message to really be intentional about, you know, the significance of the conversations and how much you can impact you know, a business, a small business, because I have so many friends who run businesses who work with corporate, corporate America. And it's amazing, you know, you and I've talked about it, like, you know, it's a go, it's a go. And then all of a sudden they disappear or it is a renewal or it is something that might not be, you know, because that corporate person is overwhelmed probably with so much work and it falls to the cracks or, you know, you're not getting back to somebody, but that contract, right. That, that opportunity could really damage or really highly impact um, an entire small business and their employees and their families and to be really conscious about how, you know, it's one thing, you know, how are we treating our employees? How are we treating our customers through the DNI lens and the inclusion and the unconscious bias and, you know, you know, th that inclusionary behavior work, but how are we treating our vendors? How are you treating, you know, these, all these potential partners that you're speaking to? So, that's just something that I, again, another massive invisible conversation. And we'll, we'll be talking more about this topic because there's so much to unpack. So yeah, uh, it's, it's important. <laughs> so I agree with you hundred percent. So thank you so much, everybody for joining. And um, again, you can go to shesummit.com with also more information on us and Jean Christensen associates.com uh, to find out more about Jean's work and we'll see you soon.